Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver strategy edition. That just rolls off the tongue. I'm Ian Harditz. Joining me, as always, the one, the only, the man that I've now met in real life, Dwayne Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, we're back to, you know, Texas, Ohio, but over the weekend, Canton, good time, my friend. Yeah, we had an awesome time. Um, I apologize for the voice, but uh, we did crush some karaoke the last night. Neither Ian nor I got up and, you know, took the stage, but we definitely, you know, cheered folks along and, you know, we sang along at times. It was an electric evening and lovely Canton, Ohio. Dwayne, over the last 24 hours, or I guess now that I'm recording, it's a little bit longer, but I had a 24 hour stretch uh, from Sunday to Monday where at one point I was in Canton, Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati at one point in time. And I got back and I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. It's still a great day to be great. I'm, I'm, I got, had energy. I wasn't worried. I got back to my apartment this morning. I went to go make coffee and I, I have a pot of coffee every morning and you know, I, I get it set up. I'm like, oh, I got this. No problem. I go in the bathroom. I come back out. Small issue, Dwayne. I didn't put the kettle where it was supposed to go. So I just made an entire pot of coffee. that just spewed all over my kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, man, maybe, uh, Maybe I don't have my shit all together at this moment in time, but that's okay because you do, Dwayne. You're lovely. How to win drafts with a wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Start article is on pff.com. We've already done the running back version of this. And as we say it every time, come on, everyone, sing along. Every season is different. Every draft is a dynamic living organism. Dwayne, we've done three football guys drafts. Now we're going to do a fourth tonight. This is not... This podcast goal is not to tell you that starting wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver is the optimal strategy, what you should do. But Dwayne, it is something you can do if the board falls your way. Right. And we just want to be ready, right? When the board does fall a certain way so that whenever we're then moving through the rest of the draft, we've already really kind of thought through really what that might look like, right? And then that helps us plan multiple steps ahead of our competitors, lets us know when we might want to pull the trigger a little early on a receiver, you know, know which receivers may slide, you know, in the draft. And we just need to know where those value pockets are. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's similar to what we talked about with running back, running back, running back, right? You don't have to do that. But if the right guys fall a certain way, you know, and on receiver, if all of a sudden, like all the running backs you wanted are gone, you know, but these elite receivers are sitting there, I mean, it's going to be hard to pass them. So you just got to know how to handle it. Um, the other thing I would say with wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver overall, um, many of folks that are listening, you know, they, you know, you understand, you know, zero RB theory and all those things. But at the end of the day, like the, this in the most simplistic form, right? When we look at wide receivers, especially in PPR formats, we talked about how standard and half PPR, like it really starts to weight more to the backs. The, the backs, the top three finishes still belong to the backs, even in PPR. But if you start to take a zoom out kind of approach, right? And you look at receivers um, inside, you know, the top 50 finishers. Um, and PPR, 55% of them are receivers. Only 35% of them are running backs. So while you're not getting the top, the top end super heavy top three finishes typically, unless you're freaking Cooper Cup, and then you just outscore even Josh Allen last year, and it doesn't matter. Um, but whenever you look at the receivers, the idea being like if you get three, four, five of them, right, and they're all in the top 50 scores, they stay healthy. You don't have to worry about the injuries as much as the backs. Like it can still be, you know, a very profitable strategy that you can deploy to your point when the draft falls the right way. So at the very top, and we mentioned this in the running back edition of this pod, but yes, you are going to see running backs way more often infiltrate the top three, top five, top 10 overall finishers, regardless of format. But to Dwayne's point, 
zoom out just a little bit top 50 we do see the wide receivers really making up the majority and Dwayne it it is more so in PPR as expected when we're you know dealing with the position that's really only dealing with targets but 55 percent of the top 50 finishers wide receivers in full PPR still 50 and half and 47 percent in standard do you specifically with this three straight wide receiver strategy I think that's a better way of saying it than just listing wide yeah, receiver yeah. Times. <laughs> every single time I say it but do you find yourself you know if you are PPR versus standard like is this a strategy that is a lot easier to pull off in four point ppr yes yes and i think you could do it in half as well i'm pretty much not trying it you know in a standard okay. league and unless something just goes really crazy like maybe you're picking pick 12 and right you get jamar chase falls to you and then maybe you take Devonte adams and then for whatever reason like in the third round you're sitting there and you're just like well, okay great like tyreek hill's still here like then you know even in a standard you might do it but typically you know the board's not going to fall that way that often for you so you don't have to worry about it really that much um one other thing i would say is like and it's not just the top 50 like if we look at ppr even once you zoom out to the top 10 right? The wide receivers take over 54% versus 41%. So even though you get less access to the very high ceiling outcomes, those top three, still top 10, like if we're looking across all running backs, receivers, and tight ends, if you make up over half the pool with wide receivers, right? Top 10 still really good, right? If you zoom out to the top 25, it's 57% of the time, you know, it's, uh, or sorry, 57% of that data pool is represented by wide receivers. And just for folks wondering, this goes back to 2011 through last year, 2021. Also hidden in this lovely article, Dwayne, is another article you wrote talking about fantasy football wide receiver breakouts. And this kind of takes you to the targets. And there's a lot of them in these first three rounds. And I think your main point here was at wide receiver, it's not quite the same as running back, where sometimes, you know, we see their best season and then they completely fall off a cliff because that can be the nature of the position at times. You referenced that specifically in one part of your study of 25 wide receiver one breakouts, 52% were players who already had a wide receiver to finish on their resume. I like the way you say that you know these top top 12 top 24 finishers tend to be frequent flyers it does seem to be a position where like man if we've got the right underlying metrics like we're able to check a lot of boxes i think for these guys that have been there and hopefully we're hoping to take that next breakout step yeah and we have a lot of them this year (laughs) we just we have a lot of guys that are still ascending in value and then we have quite a few you know even veterans right that you know they're still in the primes of their career so um it's 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 a good year for it right when the board falls the right way i think there are a lot of ways you can start wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver sorry three wide receivers not gonna say it every time like you said good god Dwayne. uh especially with my voice like this like any shortcut you give me to talking like i just should be taking it instead of being an idiot but um you know and then the other part right of the start you know just kind of like a, a quick tangent is if the folks have listened to the three rb start right and they know what archetypes they're talking about you also know that in round four, you know, we we have access to Travis Etienne in home leagues. You have access to Brees Hall in home leagues. Um, so some of these guys that can provide you, you know, at the running back position, the archetype that we're looking for to hit those RB, those top three RB finishes, you can still get, you know, one of those in, in you know, round four in most of your drafts. You're playing in a sharper draft like, you know, FFPC, like the ones we've done. You don't see Travis Etienne fall to round four. Right. Um, but in your home leagues, we have seen it round four, round five happens. And then we've also talked about some of the other guys like Chase Edmonds, et cetera. Yeah, and that is kind of the tricky part with some of these wide receiver targets because, Dwayne, we're at this weird spot in the offseason where I I agree with the idea that best ball ADP is going to be sharper. That's where all the money has been. That's what people have been using. And we've seen it throughout the entire summer. So yes, if we want the sharpest ADP that's underdog, but 
I don't think a lot of you guys' home leagues are going to be as sharp as what underdog ADP is right now. So that's why we're going to start mixing in. And what we've been doing a lot in our articles is Fantasy Pros' handy-dandy ADP tool has consensus ADP from multiple sources. We took out a couple of them that seem to really have the more fluky numbers. But, Dwayne, as you get into this and you point out that the best position, your favorite position to unleash the triple wide receiver start is pick 6 through 12 due to the high-quality options available around the turn. You have some guys here in Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Jamar chase where when i've been drafting an underdog they're they're gone by pick six like usually those are your you know players three through five maybe someone even takes them before the running back there now fantasy pros adp we actually see yeah cooper cup coming in as the fourth overall player but justin jefferson going off the board number six jamar chase all the way down there at number nine we've been lucky to get chase a couple times now around that spot as well over at football guys but Dwayne, how many running backs for you are you taking over these big three guys because in full ppr man i do think there's an argument that the answer is only jonathan taylor and christian mccaffrey yeah, I think it's Taylor and McCaffrey. I think if you want to make an argument for Eckler, it's fine. But if someone wants to go with one of these other guys instead, I think that's also fine. And yeah, you won't get these towards the end of the first round. Jamar Chase is the one, right, that will t- will typically slide. So um, to your point, I, I find myself starting this way the most when I'm at the end. So you're not going to have Jefferson or Cup, you know, whenever you're, you're starting like from pick 11, right, in a 12-team league. But sometimes Jamar Chase will make it, right? And then, you know, Stefan Diggs is sitting in that range. Devontae Adams is in that range. C.D. Lamb is in that range. So so th- those guys are great. But Jefferson, you know, like you mentioned, like a lot of times he falls to the middle of the first round. Well, then we see a guy like C.D. Lamb fall back to you in the middle of, you know, the second round. And then in the third round, you could be sitting there and, you know, another guy falls to you and you're sitting there, especially from that middle position. You know, there's still going to be a chance to start with three wide receivers, depending on how the draft goes. I was on a lovely Bleacher Report fantasy football stream today, and people were just appalled that I had CeeDee Lamb ahead of Devontae Adams. You know, conversations that we've had, you know, over the course of months, Dwayne, throughout the offseason. And, you know, a couple of people just see it on the timeline today and cannot fathom it. But to your point about being able to pick around the turn, that's that's a great – when you can get guys like Devontae and CD one after another, to me, that's the best time to deploy this strategy. Maybe you're not a Travis Kelsey in the first round type of guy. But in these drafts, man, if you get the first six, seven of these running backs, you know, like the, the Dalvin Cook and Najee's are gone. So now like we're dipping into the guys that – don't have the workhorse role. Maybe we think it's a little bit early for, you know, Saquon Barkley, the Lenny Fournette's of the world. That seems to me like the best case to go wide receiver, wide receiver. You're picking at the end and you can get two of these top six guys, I would say, with Adams being kind of the where we're kind of drawing that line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, depending on how it falls, but like you've got a really good chance of coming away or at least a, a decent chance of coming away with two out of. Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, and CeeDee Lamb, right? Chase is the one that has to fall yeah. um, because he goes earlier. But we've seen Diggs now, man. Like, he's fall. We've, you know, he's typically there, you know, in a lot of these drafts. You know, if you're over on underdog, to your point, sometimes, you know, people will take Diggs at six, seven. Um, you know, he goes a little higher there. But overall, in home leagues, you're probably, you know, sitting there at pick 10, 11, 12. I think it's a coin flip, right? 50-50 chance that you get a chance to walk away with two of these players, especially knowing that CeeDee Lamb is – probably going to be there in home leagues in the early second round meaning you just need one of chase Diggs, or adams to be there at your pick and then you can turn around with lamb where you get lucky is if it's chase right <laughs> and you turn around and it's Diggs, which is Ooh. going to be more rare but it can happen right and you just went we've had it happen to us in a really sharp draft over at ffbc we started with jamar chase at pick 10 uh round two round two pick uh what was it pick four or sorry pick two sorry pick three in round 
idiot, Dwayne. 12, 11, <laughs> 10, count three. Yes. Pick three <laughs> in round two. We got Stefan Diggs. So, um, you know, it can happen even in sharper leagues. The expected first-round wide receivers, as you have in the article, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams. You guys all know they're fantastic. We don't need to break down their individual player profiles. Moving on to round two, like Dwayne, the way I have my overall ranks set up right now, I have Diggs, CD, and Devontae as my overall 11, 12, 13 players. After that is where I'm squeezing in a lot of the running backs. And I even have Mark Andrews before our next wide receiver, which is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill with the round two ADP. Also looking at CeeDee Lamb to your previous point could also be someone going in round two. Those seem to be the only two sweet spot guys because God bless these, you know, home leagues, man. We're getting guys like T Higgins and Mike Evans to actually fall all the way to round three. CeeDee and Tyreek, the guys that we're probably going to be having to take round two more times and not with the strategy. Yeah, I mean, and Debo is supposed to be in here. I sent a note actually to the team last week, but he's missing from this list. But yeah, he fits into that round two conversation um, as well. So that would, but you know, looking at these guys, we we've we've definitely got challenges, right, <laughs> with Tyreek Hill. Like we we don't know. Yeah, yeah, Tua's look great in practice, but we don't know for sure. Can they support him plus Waddle? You know, are they going to be able to throw the ball enough or are they going to be more balanced and run the ball? I think Miami is going to be explosive offense, right? I think we feel pretty good about that as long as Tua can at least just be, you know, average. If he can be a Jimmy G, if he can be a, you know, even going back in the day to like uh, when Matt Ryan had his blow up year with Kyle Shanahan, you know, in the similar kind of scheme. I think there's a lot of opportunity, you know, for Hill to live on efficiency. Um, but yeah, it's not it's it's not as much of a slam dunk for me right as when lamb is there so typically if i'm starting receiver 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 like from early position a lot of times it will be i took you know justin jefferson whatever cooper cup and then you know coming back it's cd lamb slid to me and then in the third one of these other guys slides back to me where it's tyreek hill like he just shouldn't be there in the third round right it's not like i'm just dying to start three wide receivers with tyreek hills my wide receiver two at the end of round two i don't think it's bad like tyreek hill could still pay off his adp in a lot of ways he's freaking tyreek hill people yeah. like we know this like he's awesome um so yeah but i think there is a sweet spot there though where you know for me it is lamb is the kind of cutoff where like you know lamb if he slides anywhere down towards the first you know uh the beginning you know, of the, or sorry, if you had early position, so those picks one through four, anytime he makes it back down into that range, uh, honestly, I don't care what way I started. I'm just taking CD Lamb. You know, it doesn't matter if I started running back, if I started receiver, I just deal with it then. I'm like, okay, CD Lamb's on my team. Am I wide receiver, wide receiver? Am I running back, wide receiver? You know, what am I at that point? And then, you know, I adjust. But I think in the third round is where I think there's another sweet spot. And I think it's just T Higgins. You know, T Higgins, in my opinion, should be a second round pick in fantasy. You know, right now, he's a very young profile. He actually, you know, folks can go look at uh, my tier articles and you see like he actually comps really closely to Lamb. Like when you look at their ability to demand their ability to demand targets, how young they are. We know he gets to play with a young ascending quarterback. Um, yeah, we need the Bengals to continue to throw the ball like they did last year. But at the end of the day, I mean, T Higgins is a hyper talented player. He just happens to play with Jamar Chase. And that's the reason, right, why folks are willing to let T. Higgins slide a little bit more. And, and, and you know, Lamb should totally go ahead because he's got that higher ceiling because he could have a 30% target share. You're, it's going to be really hard for T. Higgins to have a 30% target share. But what people have to remember in an offense like that with a young talent profile like this, 
there's a lot of way to pay off that ADP. There's a lot of ways to blow it out. He could do it with just touchdowns, Ian. Like, he, you know, T. Higgins could score 14 touchdowns or something stupid. Like, he's a good enough player. Like, he has a lot of outs. So he's the one that when it's coming back in the third round, like, I like him over some of the other options in the third. Um, and he's the one where I'm the most likely to go ahead and pull the trigger to make it, you know, a triple wide receiver start. Um, if Higgins is gone and you get past that, then typically on, there's a running back setting there I like. Real quick with Higgins because – yeah, that does seem to be the immediate first thing people say about Higgins, but don't compare him to a guy that we have going as our wide receiver five overall. Like just like how there's only a few workhorse three down running backs still left in the NFL. It's not like there's just all these 150 plus target guaranteed wide receivers that are just the undisputed number one pass game option. Like the guys we have after Higgins, Mike Evans, Chris Goblin could out target him any week that they're out there together. Obviously Tyreek has to deal with Waddle. Tyreek Hill is going to have, yeah, Tyreek and Waddle, um, obviously Debo's with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk in that offense, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, AJ Brown, a new offense with Devontae Smith, Mike Williams with Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman. Okay. He's a pretty undisputed one as is Terry McLaurin, but now we're looking at the, uh, the offensive environments quite as good. So yeah, T Higgins, I get it. We don't have the same gaudy target ceiling and that's why we will take CD lamb over them. But you know, it's not impossible, Dwayne. Like, if we ran next season as a simulation in this probable sim- simulation that we already live in, if we just did next season 100 times, I could see Higgins outscoring Chase in like 20% of those or something like that. Maybe more, man. Their usage was almost identical last season. In 18 games together, Jamar Chase 140 targets. T. Higgins 136 targets. Jamar Chase 1,812 air yards. T. Higgins 1,665. So, I think Chase is better. That's why he's going earlier. But it, this is like our Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon thing. The answer is just yes. Like get these guys on your team. This is the offense that we want to be targeting with early round picks. And to your point, once you get into round three, like you're really all the profiles start to turn in. They start to have questions. You know, really, even at the end of round two, they start to have questions. So when you can get a young talent like Higgins, um, and you know that you've got the quarterback thing right for him, like so you already have two pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, he's got a little bit more target competition, but man, there's still his talent isn't out. The Bengals could just all of a sudden need the need to pass the ball more due to game scripts. That would be an out. The Bengals could just decide to pass the ball more. That could be an out. Um, they could just decide that these two guys really are just that much better than Tyler Boyd. Like Tyler Boyd's always been an okay player, but he's never been a dominant player. And so, I mean, that would be another path, right? All of a sudden you have one guy at 26%, the other one at 25% target share, and then Tyler Boyd's at like 15%. There's just a lot of different ways that, you know, Higgins can get there. Looking at the rest of the round three options, T Higgins, AJ Brown, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman Jr. This is really the top part of kind of that upside wide receiver two range. And hey, there's still more guys going afterwards, Dwayne. So it, it is a, a more than viable strategy. If you can get one of these starts with, let's see. So let's say first round, you know, we get Jamar Chase. We're able to get CD coming back and then get one of AJB, Mike Evans, DJ Moore in round three. That's a heck of a start, particularly if we can get someone like a Travis Etienne in round four. I'm not so sure those days are going to be here uh, by the time early September comes around. I will say, though, Dwayne, just even going through this, I still like coming away with at least one or two running backs here because, yeah, I, I agree that DJ Moore, Pittman, I'd even put Terry McLaurin up there. Like, I think inside of the muddled tier of wide receiver twos, we can kind of prioritize some some other guys. But with that said, man, with Cortland Sutton still being there a little bit later, with Michael Thomas and Chris Goblin still being a little bit slow to come up, Jerry Judy, Marquise Brown, like I don't hate some of the round four 
wide. Like, I just think that, man, if you can get one of those three-down workhorse running backs, I do think more times than not it's probably in your best interest to do so because one of these wide receiver two types is going to probably still be there in round four. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, that's why I said Higgins, like when he slides to the middle, like of the third. And that's the one you def- in, that's the one you go of, in yeah. on the strategy for. Yeah. yeah. And instead of being like the early third, I, I think you could do it with all these guys. Like if you're going to draft 150 teams or something on underdog, you can do it with all these guys. Right. And you're just yeah. mixing it up. But like if you're going to draft one team, um, you know, I agree. Like I would want to come away with a running back in the first three rounds. Um, I typically don't pull this strategy off, like because Travis Etienne will still be sitting there in the third. It's really hard for me to pass on him. The other name, like that, honestly, like I'm really just warming to the fact where, like, once T. Higgins is gone, and if Etienne and you know we were getting Camara for a little bit in round three, like that appears to be over. But even if T. Higgins, like, and you know Etienne are gone, a lot of times I also just pivot to. <laughs> freaking Kyle Pitts like over all these other receivers because I feel like Kyle Pitts could give me a receiving line that's the same as every receiver we just named AJ Brown Mike Evans DJ Moore Michael Pittman all really good players we could get the same receiving line though from Kyle Pitts and he plays tight end um so and and he played inside from the slot uh or sorry in line nine out of ten snaps uh in, in the preseason game which that's what we're looking for he played from the slot the other snaps so he didn't line up outside wide um, which is what we're hoping for more of with Kyle Pitts. So just another reason to remember his name. And guess what? Like if you do that and you just want to tell yourself you started three wide receivers, you can because basically you did. I love when the lights in my office go out while we're talking about <laughs> like, Kyle Pitts. That's got to be a good sign. But yeah, I remember we kind of had that realization back in our team preview series just with the Falcons because you get to this certain point in the draft. And this is why I think our just overall tiers based kind of way of going about this makes the most sense because yeah and as you get into round four round five round six and your round by round strategy like you can keep taking these wide receivers depending on who else is gone at the other position so Dwayne, like yeah if running backs are flying off the board in this draft and you can't even get travis Etienne or a james connor yeah the kamara days are long over those guys aren't there in round three don't reach on it because you still have time later to go ahead and sure up the rest of your roster taking the rest of the draft into account though. So regardless of what we think about, you know, still getting a running back in round two or round three, let's say you didn't, you started off with your triple wide receivers. Now in round four, still not really taking a QB here. It's the same thing. Same reason why we're not taking Josh Allen in round three. When the guy that we consider a similar tier, like Kyler Murray, even Jalen hurts are falling to round six. We just don't need to take one yet in round in round four at running back Dwayne Travis Etienne or Brees hall, more than viable options. If not though, Kyle Pitts just really does seem to be the answer, man. Like what wide receivers kind of in that wide receiver two range, would you prioritize ahead of him? I think it's right around that kind of DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton line. I'm probably taking DJ, I think you could. I, argue, I, think you, I think you could. I think you could argue it's right after T. Higgins. To be honest, like I would take Kyle Pitts. Uh, right now, I'm taking Kyle Pitts. You know, quite often over DJ Moore. Now, I, I really like DJ Moore, but just the upside of getting you know the points Pitts could give you at tight end. I think arguably you could say it's any time after T. Higgins is gone. If you want to pull the trigger on Pitts, you can. The the beauty of home leagues, it is a little more viable to do to pull this start off right because you typically can get etn or Brees hall if you're playing over on underdog or if you're playing um you know at ffpc and ffc it's hard it's way harder to get one of these starts where you know you can get etn or Brees hall in round four you're just you know hall will sometimes be there 
Um, but ETN's not there in FFPC in that round. So it's a little easier to do this in home leagues. So I, I do like AJB, right, over Deontay Johnson, you know, this year. So I think, you know, those would be the reasons, you know, you could still could go wide receiver, triple uh, X, you know, start. Now we got triple X in there, Ian. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 uh, totally in play. But on pits, yeah, as soon as Higgins is gone, I think you can make the argument Pitts should be the next you know, player off the board above all those other receivers. And it's really these, it's the rounds four, really rounds five through six that it just has me more and more willing to take a couple running backs early because the running backs in these rounds are absolutely terrible and don't hate the player, hate the ADP. If these guys start falling into round seven and eight, then we can reassess these things. But as things stand right now, Dwayne, in round five, you say resist the urge to do, res- resist the urge to take a running back due to bad profiles and pricing, even if you have zero on the roster. Like, that's the big thing I think we're trying to get across to people the most. Like, don't reach on a bad player just to fill a roster spot. You have time. Again, round seven through 11, you can still basically fill up every single roster spot with a decent value. Like, that's the problem, Dre. I think that's how we're going to see drafts, you know, that we don't like. And appreciate you guys. If you guys add us and say, hey, just, just had this. What do you think and stuff? You know, when we see them, we'll try to always try to give you our two cents. But to me, the rosters I see that I hate the most are the ones that took their wide receivers early. They did a good job taking the value, but it's in round five and six where instead of taking the awesome available quarterbacks or getting a kettle or just taking guys like or Michael taking Thomas, an, or even just taking another receiver to fortify, you know, your start. Do that again. Beat like uh, when we've done the football guys championships, we have two teams where it's like, all right, RB two, that's going to we, we need to figure that out throughout the season. That's OK. Don't be afraid to make a strength a super strength. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if you start off, you know, and you don't like the backs that are there, like say Hall and ETN are not there in round four, um, just because that happens, don't turn around and panic in round five. It could mean, you know, if you don't like the quarterback that's there, like you could just turn, just take them on Ross St. Brown, you know, and just be like, okay, great. Yeah. Now I'm starting, you know, this draft. That should be the answer to like every problem in your life. Just draft the Monroe St. Brown. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, my parents hate me. I'm going to draft the Monroe St. Brown. You know, I don't have a job. I'm going to draft the Monroe St. Brown tonight. It's, 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 <laughs> like that, uh, it's like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, uh, does your girlfriend think you're a loser? Good. Pick up the phone. It's like, good. Draft the Monroe St. Brown. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. All, All right. right, round six. Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> round six, Kyler Murray. Oh, oh sorry, Murray. round five. Yeah, right, Kittle and Waller here. are obviously targets, right? We've talked about them before. Like, so you you can go for the elite quarterback, Jackson Murray, or they're in play. But to your point, the main thing: don't take the bad running back. You know, no. if you take the quarterback, take take an upside elite tight end. You know, take another receiver. Don't take um, you know one of these backs that you're like Antonio Gibson. Do not take Antonio Gibson. You know, just back back away, back away from the table. It's, it's because of who's available later. Like, why take Tony Pollard in round six when in round seven we have maybe Pollard still, Chase Edmonds, Kareem Hunt. Round eight, we get James Cook and Cordero Patterson. So they're, the it's weird how it works sometimes, but the RB3 range of running back, man, just relative to the cost, which is the game we're playing here. That's, you know, the main goal here, just to optimize the entire roster. Relative to the cost, I just think the RB3 tier is a lot better than the low-end RB2s, uh, basically, once you get past Brees Hall. So, still at wide receiver, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Elijah Moore in round six. Certainly viable options. Dwayne, round seven and round eight, you list one man and one man only, Kadarius Tony. I think... 
I'm, I'm coming more and more around to Tony. He's someone that as I was going through my ranks uh, last week, I just, I just boosted not that not because we've gotten like new information on him, but it's more so just really continuing to look at the giants. And, you know, we're getting the Wandale Robinson hype and yeah, he's out there starting in the slot. That's fine. And Kenny Galladay, you know, we're already getting the, oh, look at the lack of separation here on this end zone target from Daniel Jones type of tweets. Like it's an offense with three wide receivers. Sure. That are undervalued, but man, Kadarius Tony out of all these ones, He's the guy in round seven and eight, man. It didn't work out last year, but I was terrified to leave drafts without Jerry Judy. And yeah, when he, you know, his ankle goes Gumby 15 minutes in the week one, that didn't help matters. I feel that way about Kadarius Tony this year, Dwayne. How high do you have him at this point? And is he the guy that you're just taking more times than not in round seven? Yeah, I'm taking him a lot. And in home leagues, you guys can get him in round eight. You know, so uh, and sometimes even in round nine, it's the sharper drafts where you kind of got to pull the trigger in round seven. But I mean, I have him, you know, with an upside of 150 targets. Um, So there's not a lot of players you're getting in round seven or round eight that truly like within their a a reasonable range of outcomes, they could get to 150 targets. Right. My only assumption about that, you know, is that Tony actually gets to play like 85% of the snaps. And if he's healthy, he's gonna right now. He's, he's missing time right now at practice. So Tony does have to stay healthy. I think that's the big risk with him. Um, But then once he's on the field, we know he has an ability to demand targets because we saw him with the 26 targets per route run, 26% targets per route run last year. Yeah, it was on a small sample. But then when you flip on the tape, you're like, I don't care about a small sample. Like he's just a badass every single play. Like, and I don't think it's going to change just because he plays more. I think it's just going to mean more targets. It's going to mean more fantasy points. So, um, you know, I've been, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Where did I, I moved him up last week in my top 150. I moved him up you know, in my tiers the week before right now I've got Kadarius Tony setting at wide receiver 39. Um, you know, he's the very top of my tier four a, right. I got Drake London and Kadarius Tony just sitting at the top of that thing. But like, I I've taken him over Hunter Renfro, like confession. I've taken him over Amari Cooper. <laughs> I've taken him. Yeah. I took him over Amari one time when Amari slid, I probably shouldn't have done that one, but I just, you know, you're feeling I, yourself. Yeah, I'm really in it. I'm in. I'm into it, man. I'm into Tony, and so um, I, I just love the upside. You know, what the player offers. Trying to just look at this a little bit too, because again, you give great notes about just round six. Don't reach for Dalton Schultz or TJ Hawkinson because in round seven, okay, if they slide, that's fine. But Dallas Goddard's in play in round eight if he's there. Goddard is the slam dunk pick, as you write, and that's my big thing. I have Schultz. Ranked ahead of Dallas Goddard, but for the life of me, man, I just can't figure out why Schultz is closer in ADP to George Kittle and Darren Waller than he is to Dallas Goddard. We've talked about, you know, just the mid underlying stats for Schultz. I do think if there's anyone in this kind of low end tight end one range that has the chance to make that Mark Andrews-esque leap or next year, we're just like, yeah, no doubt tight end five. Why, why the hell wouldn't he be? It could be Dallas Goddard. I love him in round eight. Do you see like what round Dwayne, are you just starting to get? really out on wide receivers or do you, uh, at least just not liking the value there. Cause you know, it might be when a certain Lazard guy is going off the board <laughs> where you start, you start not liking, but it does seem to be like around, around round nine, round 10. That's when we are starting to have to take a few more leaps of faith at wide receiver. Yeah, that's a, that's about where it happens. Um, and there's still talent, right? We can still bet on talent in those ranges, right? We can bet on a lot of, even like the first round draft picks, like Alave. we can still place a bet down on, you know, sometimes even like a player, uh, like Garrett Wilson, you know, typically goes in round 10. You can get a bet down still on Chase Claypool who goes in round 10, round 11. But again, to your point, like those guys all have questions. Essentially you're just at that point, they're almost like the way I would look at those guys, Ian is 
kind of the same way we look at, you know, some of these, you know, high-end handcuff, you know, running backs, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we know they have a better path to being on the field and their talent can win out, at the end of the day, like, you're not going to feel comfortable with them in your week one lineup. <laughs> you're not going to, you know, I mean, unless, you, you know, you're playing three flex spots, right? You know, if it's something like that, yeah, you're going to be fine with those guys. But if you're playing in a typical league where you start two backs, two receivers, one tight end, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's three receivers, then you look up and your wide receiver three is Garrett Wilson in week one. And unless, you know, you're just a complete, you know, beast in every other position, like you're not going to feel great, you know, about that. You're going to love drafting Garrett Wilson. You're going to love having him on your roster. Same thing with Sky Moore, a lot of these guys. Um, Traylon Burks is another one. Like, I think you're still going to like drafting those players and having them on your roster, but it's just tough for week one. So I agree. I think once you get into rounds eight, nine, and 10, you still can be drafting wide receivers, but you don't want to necessarily be drafting the player that you're starting in week one um, is kind of the way I think about it. And there's a similar argument to be made about running back too. I mean, we do have yeah. the nice little James Cook and Cordero Patterson chance to still get a running back that I think we will feel pretty good about, you know, firing up even early in the season. Yeah, we also have, you know, the running back range we talked about before. After Brees Hall kind of goes off the board, it is a couple rounds we want to stay away. But, Joanne, we talked last week about how your overall rounds one through 18 roster construction really isn't like the numbers you have for each position. That's not really as important as, you know, your rounds one through nine, rounds one through 10 roster construction, because that's when the real meat of your team is being built. You have these different builds for early position, middle position, early position. You have three running backs being taken by round nine, middle position, also three. And lo and behold, late position, three more running backs is that your usual build you're looking for one, uh, by the end of round nine one quarterback one tight end and probably should have at least three running backs by that point i think you have to have two backs but i think it depends on how you started right if you started the draft um you know in this case we're talking about a triple wide receiver start but if you for some reason started the draft with two running backs I think there's cases where you may not draft another one until round nine or round 10, right? Or round I, 10, I, at right? least two then. That, that was the answer I was looking for. So yeah, yeah five, at least two, at least two. But, okay. But if, but if you're taking your second one, the first, you know, you're, you're taking your second running back in round seven or eight, then I probably want to have three by round nine, because yeah. I, I mean, I probably want two shots. I want two bullet shots, like at my RB two in that range um, of the players that we like. And then because you're going to turn around and come back with some of the upside guys to build out your depth in rounds 10, you know, and, and later. Last quarterback note you have rounds nine plus Trey Lance certainly in play. That's another one of these ADPs. Like, I don't want to. He might be a late round quarterback, man. How is he still going QB 13? We moved up to QB seven freaking weeks ago. I don't know what is taking some of these sites to catch up. But hey, if Trey Lance is going to be there, my God, draft him rounds nine or later Dwayne your example builds which I will read off the page for you since I know you're struggle busting over here Thank just you. a tad with the voice you sound fine man the hair is great as always that's all that really matters here <laughs> so early position build round one Justin Jefferson then Tyree Kill then T Higgins we go ahead and grab Darren Waller and Lamar Jackson rounds four and five while the running back value is weak don't get don't get crazy yet round six we take the value with Allen Robinson then in a true, this is a true zero RB build, Tony Pollard, Chase Evans, and James Cook, round seven through nine. Explosive pass catching running backs. That's what we're looking for, people. Middle position build, Chase, Lamb, and AJB, first three rounds. Then we get Brees Hall in round four. Again, what's the answer to any question? Draft him on Ross St. Brown in round five. Jalen Hurts, round six. Kareem Hunt, Dallas Goddard, and James Cook in round nine. I feel like you just put James Cook in round nine for all these, Dwayne. It's like just... <laughs> Well, he Doesn't goes there and home leagues like he goes round 10. So it's hard for me to not just say round nine, take James Cook. 
And then for your late position build, Diggs, Lamb, and Pittman in the first three rounds, one of ETN or Brees Hall, and then Jerry Judy, Kyler Murray, Kareem Hunt, Dallas Goddard, and guess who in round nine? James Cook once again. So, hey, I do think I prefer more than running backs, but these are viable. And again, it's just another example that every draft is a unique dynamic or living organism. And we need to just take the cards that were dealt and try to make the best of it. So yeah, if you're able to get the workhorse running back, surely that's fine, but let your draft come to you. I think we've all been in certain leagues and like, I'm in one league with my friends, Dwayne, it's, it's a silly eight man league and we have two quarterbacks, but like, in a two quarterback or super flex league, you know, usually you're seeing quarterbacks just fly off the board immediately. And they're, you know, you need to get two in the first two or three rounds or you're screwed. For some reason, my friends just don't take them to like round four. So why would I like do that <laughs> when I know I can get them later? So there are going to be leagues, uh, leagues like that. And if you find yourself in a league, that's just, you know, Zeke isn't a round four, round five running back. He's going at the end of round two. That's the chance to really take this on. Like Dwayne, to me, this seems like more of a build that might actually work out in home leagues where people just feel the need to get their running backs and fill those draft slots. When in reality, some of these just, again, alpha wide receivers keep falling. You can really solidify that strength in a hurry. Yeah. And all of the running backs we're talking about taking later, they just fall further in the home drafts yeah. um, because people just don't, they don't know about them. They're not ranked high enough on the sites. Um, so their ADP is not high enough. Um, it's it's a lot it's a lot easier strategy to pull off, you know, in those leagues, in my opinion. You know, every strategy is honestly easier to pull off, like in in those leagues. <laughs> and it's nothing against those leagues, but like you folks know that have drafted in these others, it doesn't make a home league not fun. We I, I still play in them too, and I love them. Um, you know, it's just you have to make an adjustment if you've been drafting over somewhere where. Uh, and it's not so much that people are just uh, that draft high stakes. You know, I was, you know, whenever we were out at the fantasy football expo, I did this high stakes, you know, kind of talk this weekend, you know, just on this panel. And like people ask me, like, what's the biggest difference, you know, really between high stakes and, you know, home leagues. And I didn't even like obviously money, having the money to <laughs> to, to spend on a team. Right. Because not everybody can spend two grand on a team or even you know, like three hundred fifty dollars on a team. And that's cool. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do that to be good at fantasy football. I think the biggest difference is when you're drafting against people that are willing to spend three hundred three hundred fifty bucks or two grand. Guess what? They're drafting a bunch of teams. <laughs> so they're just good at drafting. They're used to drafting, even if even if it's someone that's not great about, you know, understanding player archetypes or any of the other things like we talk about if they draft enough and they draft with enough of enough other good drafters, eventually you just start to pick up on things. Right. And you know how a draft flows. And so your roster construction is going to naturally get better. Um, even if you're not a great player. So I think that's really the biggest difference. Right. And so when you come into playing in a home league where, you know, you're going to play against, you know, 11 other drafters that 10 of them, this is their first draft, you know, of the season, but you've been drafting, you know, five or six times, you know, maybe you've drafted 20 times. You're just at an immediate advantage because you understand the flow of the draft and, you know, they're at a disadvantage because they, you know, they have lives. They're not nerds like us, you know, <laughs> where they're sitting around drafting fantasy football teams all the damn time. Right. They actually probably have a lot cooler things going on, you know, in their life. You know, I don't know, Ian, like, I don't know what's cooler than fantasy football, but to each his own. Right. And so uh, other people have different priorities. So it's it's not really anything about someone being dumb or someone, you know, not being a good enough drafter. They just don't have the practice. And so you take advantage of it. 
want to note that if you want some practice drafting, I, I've said this before, but don't go to the ESPN or Yahoo mock draft lobbies. Going over to Underdog Fantasy, you're just going to get such a better rep at doing it. I know it's best ball, not redraft, but truly, I just I, I don't think those mock drafts really give you a good look, as we used to say, you know, to the scout team back in the day. Because if you haven't heard by now, Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest play, easiest place to play fantasy football this summer. We've all been there in fantasy football leagues. It's Sunday morning, and you're digging through news reports, trying to figure out whether to start your stub wide receiver that tweaked his hamstring last week, or you have a player on your team who hasn't been getting in the end zone, and then one week he suddenly goes off for 30 points on your bench, Tyler Lockett style. With underdog fantasy, all the stress of who to start each week is lifted off your shoulders because it's best ball format. Draft your teams before the season starts and get the best score in your lineup each and every week. Right now, you can draft an underdog's best ball mania three tournament to take your shot at $10 million in total prize. Plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code PFF. And if you play just $10 using promo code PFF, you get a free PFF subscription. Underdog drafts closed before NFL kickoff, so what are you waiting for? Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, play $10 with code PFF, and draft your best ball mania team today. Also, shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Dwayne, remember when uh, the NFL wouldn't even let Tony Romo like have a fantasy football meet and greet in like 2015? Now we got this shit going on. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs are the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contest all season long to compete for millions Millions in prizes. Again, the next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code PFF. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. Kind of like an ultimate team, but with NFTs. I'm I'm getting more uh, interested. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I I don't remember the Romo thing, but I definitely remember spending like three grand one summer, um, hanging out with Landry up in his room on Madden Ultimate Team, <laughs> and uh, like Amanda was like, she thought it was all him. I was like, um, no, it that was me. <laughs> I was awful. She's there, like, huh? what is going on? Yeah, and uh, I I remember one time like we were playing this, uh, we were playing online, like we would trade the controller back and forth, like he would play defense, like he would get all these pick six and stuff, and then. I would run the offense and uh i remember like we somehow didn't have like the the xbox on mute <laughs> and we were talking to this guy the whole time and we were just totally trash talking about <laughs> how bad his team sucked and like how he had like these silver players we were like just bombing it over his head and at the end like he's like i could hear you you dick <laughs> that was a great lesson like sitting there with my son i'm like yeah i'm a complete a-hole i didn't know the guy could hear me so my bad that's, that's- if you're listening to this dude my bad <laughs> This is some fantastic father-son bonding stuff going on here. By the way, though, promo code PFF, build, play, win, only at DraftKings. Contest entries depended on type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void but prohibited. See DraftKings.com for 
details. And finally, everyone, quick shout out to Manscaped, the leader in below the way scrimming. Now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF. Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PFF. It's time you enjoy the finer things in life and get yourself a Platinum Package for your platinum package. Dwayne, we've done the triple X wide receiver strategy, whatever the hell we're going to call it. We have more good stuff on the way, but we finally have something live on our, on our website, on our app. For you lovely users out there. It's the PFF plus fantasy draft guide. Dwayne and I have been hinting about this throughout the summer. We've been working on it. Long nights, lots of product stuff, lots of things, Dwayne, that usually freaking annoy me. Cause I just want to write and like talk about football, but we've gone behind the scenes. We've had some big deadlines and I'm happy we did. Cause this is, in my opinion, the just, it's the new evolution of having a cheat sheet and having a fantasy draft guy experience. We're not printing off, you know, 300 pages of paper, killing trees all around the country. This is something that's going to be in the palm of your hand on the app, on the website. And Dwayne, I'll let you speak about it in a second, but really, I just think every single stone that we can try to turn over, that has been our goal here. You know, just giving the rankings between you, me, Kevin Cole, Nathan Yonke, you can see the consensus. You can see what we say about the individual players upon clicking them, go by position by position. And inside that, man, we have actually the four quadrants that we are really basing most of our decisions off of, looking at opportunity, talent, the offensive environment, environment and the strength of schedule, basically being able to show you guys with our handy-dandy quad force here where these guys are great and where they are lacking. So, yeah, if we have someone like CD Lamb with a ton of opportunity, maybe a tough strength of schedule, but the offense is good and we know the talent's good, who cares about the strength of schedule at that point? We're fine investing in it. It's going to be a lot of other applications as well. So, again, just really excited with the product we have. And we even have a draft strategy mode that's basically going to help walk you through your draft round by round, our preferred strategy, our targets, our fades, uh, it's, it's here, Dwayne, and I'm happy we got here because, again, I wasn't sure when it was going to happen, but my goodness, it's here, and it is beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, you know, <clears throat> we get a lot of folks reach out, you know, about the pod and all the different things that we talk about. You know, we've talked about, you know, my tears, um, you know, and all the different things that go into it. Like, all that stuff's, like, built into this. <laughs> so the talent profile stuff we've talked about. So, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, the target shares, the targets per route run, you know, the ability to earn targets, right? What would it look like if they had a larger role, their target competition? How many players are going in the top 36 receivers on the same team in ADP? Do they have a top 12 tight end? Like, so we're pulling in market analysis. Like, it, we're putting it all together. And it's, and it's like you said, it's all right there in the palm of your hands, you know, and the, and the quad force um, is an awesome tool because it very quickly can allow a user to see, okay, like, this receiver ranks here. They're like golden across all four parts, right? Of the quad force, like, and those guys push to the top. And then you get to, you know, a guy that maybe has three things that are really good and has one thing that doesn't look as good. And, and we talk about them all the time, right? We just talked about them a moment ago with AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. So now all that stuff you can see, and it's visually represented. You don't have to read 10,000 words to get it. You don't have to squint your eyes at Dwayne's dumb freaking grid, <laughs> you know, across the top of an article. I know you guys like it, but still, sometimes I look at it and think, man, like it's a lot to look at. And it's, it's in one simple place, you know, to your point. And then, you know, you talk about the draft strategy stuff, stuff like what we're talking about here today and just, you know, how you think, you know, forward in the draft based on what ADP looks like and, and what are some of the optimal ways you can build out your lineup. So, yeah, I'm super excited about it. 
we've been trying to up our graphics game on youtube here i hope you guys are enjoying it but like if you are looking like i am physically showing you guys the freaking app <laughs> right now look how freaking cool that quad force is everyone again this is like it was just so many hours and Dwayne and i just having similar ideas on this over the years where you know you do this for long enough and we all have kind of the same four big categories that we fit a lot of stats into, but you kind of start asking the same 15, 16 questions a lot of times with a lot of these players. So we try to just give you a one-stop shop to answer those questions in the most analytically sound way possible while also providing the analysis. So that's the other thing, Dwayne. It's like giving all the analytical stuff. Like you can make your own decision, or hey, if you just like what you think Dwayne's a smart dude, click on his freaking name in the app and you will get his analysis and bottom line for the player telling you specifically where you should be drafting them. So this is it. This is it, everyone. This is the draft guide. This is our version of it. It's it's not traditional, but you know, fuck being traditional. Like we're trying to we're trying to do what's best in the year 2022, Dwayne, not what was best uh, for the previous 10 years with all due respect to, you know, the fellow uh, grinders out there. But I love this product. We're continuing to update it. You know, it's, Again, soft launch, so I'm not even positive I'm supposed to be barking about it this much right now, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm that excited about it. And, uh, you know, again, any it, you guys. It's, it's out there, though, and look, yeah. it's on the podcast. You guys go check it out. And the other thing is, like, just give a, giving us the feedback, right? You yes, know, it, exactly. This, it, it's the app essentially, right, and I don't want to say this the wrong way and people take it the wrong way, but, like, it's here's the best way to say it. Like, it's only going to continue to get better, right? Like, this is just the first iteration of it. And so now – like we'll continue to listen to you. We'll continue to, you know, try to prioritize what are the other things that we should be doing? Maybe what are the things that we need to change a little bit that would make more sense? So I think those are all things that, you know, are only going to make, you know, the solution better. So the quicker you guys can be in there and be looking at it and giving us that kind of feedback that we can get to our product team, the better. So, yeah. Hundred percent. All right, we're gonna be back with plenty of podcasts this week. We just apologize for missing you guys on Monday. I'm not sure if Dwayne was even alive, judging on how his voice is sounding right now. But we're back. We got this done. We're gonna have another stream going tonight. Interviews lined up, looking at some IDP strategy for those interested in that kind of thing. Also, some running back goodness with one of the smarter mans in our industry. Make sure you check that out. Dwayne and I also looking at you know general strategy episode. Maybe just maybe get another stream this week going too. I don't know. Oh, man there's a lot to talk about we, we got some preseason takeaways too my goodness that's another thing uh we got going on there i was just grinding through uh some of that foam earlier sam howell Dwayne uh did a few fun things out there and like malik willis too like yeah I get it. They're playing against four stringers. It's still football. It's still fun. So I don't I don't want to be preseason shamed anymore, Dwayne. Like people are jerking off training camp practice videos for months on end. I think we can get we can get a little excited about some fourth quarter preseason action from time to time while knowing that they're probably not gonna be great fantasy guys. So all right, probably rambled a little long there, but I'm excited, man. Football's in the air. It's a great day to be great. Thank you as always for tuning in, everyone. For Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, take care, everybody.